0: Let's turn to um, Hebrews 11.1 1. Today we're going to talk about if you can see it, you can have it. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> we know Mark 11.23 we have what we say but we also have what we see. <coughs> so When we talk about if you can see it, we're not talking about something that you see with your physical eyes. We're talking about seeing it mentally, about seeing something uh, through the eye of faith and in your mind's eye. So I'm going to be reading from the New King James today. It says, Now faith is the substance of... Of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the worldwide English New Testament says if people believe God then they know they have the things they hope to get it is the proof of things we do not see now when it talks about uh, things we do not see it means things we do not see yet with our physical eyes when, when it talks about things we don't see. Can you repeat, if people believe? Uh, if people, this is a Worldwide English New yeah. Testament. If people believe God, yeah. then they know they have the things they hope to get. It is the proof of things... I, want, I, want, I want. <laughs> they, they know they have the things... They hope to get. It is the proof of things we do not see with our physical eyes yet. So we've all heard the old saying, um, seeing is believing, but we know that's not true. Abby, can you give me the Hebrews? Uh, Hebrews 11.1. Yeah, one. I saw. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seeing is not believing, believing is seeing through faith believing is seeing through faith if you only believe what you can see with your physical eyes then you're walking according to the flesh and walking by sight this podium is is in the physical realm i can see it with my eyes i can even look away i can touch it i can feel it i can even hear it i don't have to use my faith to believe that this podium is, is in the, it's here. I don't need to use my faith on it. I don't need to use my faith on what I can already see and touch and feel and hear. We have to use our faith on things that we cannot see in the natural realm. You use your faith on things you cannot see with your physical eyes yet. Things that are not yet manifested. And we have to believe it first. God doesn't do business on credit. You don't receive it and then believe. You don't receive it and then pay for it. Uh, you, You can't say, I'll believe it when I see it. No, you have to pay for it in advance. You have to believe in advance to receive things from God. And the way you do that is by believing it before you see it, by saying you already have it, even when there's no physical evidence that you have it. So faith is the title deed. I think the um, I think the um, Amplified Bible says Faith is the title deed, the evidence, and the evidence is based on God's word that you already have it. Now, we won't turn there, but you can write down 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, For we walk by faith not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. The Amplified Bible says, for we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. So you can just make a note there. To look it up in the Amplified Bible. The things we desire are based on what God has promised us in His Word and what Jesus has already purchased for us in redemption. That's the things we desire. And that's why it's important to know the Word. So you know what belongs to you and you know what God desires for you to possess. This this is God's desire for us. And when we know the Word, then we know what God desires for us. Um, you know, you've, you've heard people probably uh, say, well, that person just has blind faith. Well, there's no such thing as blind faith. Faith is not blind. Faith knows and faith sees. Faith always sees. Faith is able to look through the storm and see the end results. So faith is not blind. Faith will always talk the end results instead of what exists at present. And that's what we talked about in the last two sessions how God calls things that are not presently seen as though they already existed. That's what we talked about the last couple of uh, meetings. So faith always sees and faith always knows. When people refer to blind faith, what they mean is presumption. Blind faith is presumption. And presumption is blind. Blind faith is presumption and presumption is blind. What some people call faith is not faith at all, it's foolishness. And they just assume something will happen because uh, it happened for somebody else. Uh, They don't base it on God's word, they don't have faith in God's word, but because it happened to somebody else, they just think it will automatically happen For them. Uh, The dictionary defines presumption as an idea taken to be true on the basis of probability. An idea taken to be true on the basis of probability. This is why people have done things and acted on things that they thought was faith because somebody else did it. Uh, When I first started out learning to walk by faith, I did some of these things. Probably some of you have done some of these things. Thousands of Christians have done these things at one time or another when they started out learning to walk by faith, and it wasn't faith at all. It was presumption. But when uh, you're just starting out, God has mercy and He's gracious, and it all worked out okay. (laughs) But we've all done things... That we thought were faith that were not. One of you know one of the common things that you know you hear other preachers talking about and things. Uh, they'll say, uh, "I gave my car away and I got another one." Well, did God tell you to give your car away? You know, if if you're just doing it because somebody else did it, you're gonna be walking. You know. But, but you you did God, that's what God told them to do. Did He tell you to do that? That's just an example. And this is why many people have what they call faith failures, what they call faith failures. Their actions weren't based on the Word of God. They saw or they heard about somebody else do something or act in a particular way, and they did the same thing, thinking... They were acting in faith. And then when it doesn't turn out, they turn sour on the faith message and they go off and they say, that faith stuff doesn't work. Oh yes, it works. It works all right. But just assuming that something's automatically going to happen because you did something uh, that somebody else did and you just automatically think you're going to get the same results, not basing it on God's word, not believing in God's word, that's presumption. All, and that won't work. First of all, the people need to be taught properly about listening. To yeah, and some people don't hang around long enough no. to be taught. That's the problem. They don't hang around long, and they hear little snippets yeah. here. They hear little snippets here. They come, and they don't come for three months. And they come again, and they don't come for three months. And they hear these little snippets, and they get all excited, and they say, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, they did that and it worked. And then then it was all on presumption. And then when it doesn't work out, they're blaming God. And if that faith stuff doesn't work and they go out and tell everybody else, don't listen to that faith stuff, you know. So, uh, yes. Uh, so don't ever base your faith on what somebody else did. Don't base what you're doing on someone else's faith. You You hear from God. And it makes a difference when you do things because of the Word. So when you find a Scripture in a certain area, and God makes that Word come alive to you, it just kind of jumps up uh, in your spirit, and it impresses in your spirit that this is what you're supposed to do. Then it will work for you, and it will work every time. Now... uh, here in Hebrews 11 it says faith is the substance of things now some people get uptight when you start talking about things they say well you just shouldn't be teaching people uh, to get things but God has a lot to say about things he has a lot to say about the things he's promised and the things He's already provided for us in the Word. So that's why we talk about things. We talk about the things God has promised us and what He's already uh, purchased and designed for us to have in life. Uh, in Mark 11:24, 24, when Jesus said, What things, soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. It's obvious He's talking about uh, the things that you desire when you pray, that it's His His will for you to have those desires. God would never tell us to pray for something that God didn't desire for us to have. If He's already said it in His Word, uh, he, he would never tell us to pray for something outside of His Word. So He's talking about the things you desire or things that already belong to us because we're in Christ. That's the desire's that he's talking about. We're not not out to obtain something that God doesn't want us to have, as many people try to imply. But we are out, we are out to receive and obtain what God's uh, uh, promised us in his word, and, and he's already purchased it through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we are to receive these things by God's method, and God's method is faith. So, with this foundation in mind, how do we as believers, who walk by faith and not by sight, how do we see things that are invisible? Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians 4, 18. 2 Corinthians 4:18 While we do not look at the things which are seen in the natural but the things which are not seen for the things which are seen in the natural are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal The Message Translation, you can just jot that down. The Message Translation says, So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. In other words, there's a whole lot more going on than what we can just see with our physical eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we cannot see now will last forever. Now, in, in this phrase here where it says, while we do not look at things which are seen, this phrase, do not look, doesn't mean to ignore it. It means do not keep looking or gazing at it. Don't keep looking at what's just what you can see. Don't keep gazing and staring at it constantly. Paul had a mental picture of God helping him through every situation. He didn't ignore the negative events in his life, but he did not focus on them. Uh, He refused to let them be the driving force in his life. He didn't pretend that they did not exist. He just chose not to make them the focal point of his life. And he filtered everything that happened to him through faith and not fear. We have to see through the eye of faith, the eye that only looks at what God's Word says. So we're talking about seeing yourself and your circumstances according to what the Word says. Seeing and picturing things that you are believing for coming into your life and taking possession of them. Some people cannot see themselves uh, going in and paying cash for something. Uh, They can't see themselves going and buying things without having to borrow money for it. Some people can't see themselves healed, even though it's already provided in our redemption. As long as people see themselves as victims, it's very difficult for them to, uh, to walk out of that prison But if you can see it in the word of God, you can have it. If you can see it through the eye of faith, you can have it. If you can see it in your mind's eye, you can have it. The problem is, we have seen ourselves not having it. That's the problem. We've seen ourselves not having it. Because we're surrounded by natural circumstances telling us we don't have it now in this natural realm. We're surrounded by circumstances telling us we don't have it. Doctors tell us we don't have it. Symptoms tell us we don't have it. Bank accounts tell us we don't have it. And this is the same situation Abraham found himself in. Now let's go over to Genesis 13. Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. Underline that phrase, all the land which you see. Genesis 13, 14, and 15. Underline that phrase, all the land which you see. God has given you a land. He's given every born-again believer a land. A physical geographical land, a a land in the marketplace where you function, you know, if you're out working. Uh, A land in the ministry or whatever your assignment is. And he expects us to go into that land and expand the kingdom of God there. He needs us in our land. And our land as new covenant believers is also made up of the promises in God's word. This is also our land. Israel had a geographical land. Here he's talking about Abram was physically looking at a physical land with his physical eyes. We have uh, our land is the promises in God's word that makes up our land. Now look over it. Uh, Genesis 15, Uh, so God, when when he said to Abraham, all the land which you can see, I will give to you and your descendants. He's saying, see yourself, start imagining yourself possessing this land. Start picturing it. So Genesis 15, One says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing, seeing, I go childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Now, Abraham... Saw himself having no children. That's the way he saw himself. And now not only he sees himself that way, he's verbalizing it. What what about me having no children? What all I've got here is Eliezer, my servant. Guess what? He didn't have any. He couldn't see having any. He was talking, not having any, and he didn't have any. Because of his physical age and his circumstances, he could not see himself with a child, even though God had already promised that it would be him and Sarah. But he still could not see himself having a child because... They were bombarded by their physical age and their, their natural circumstances of having it. And it was like in their face every day, you know. So God had to help him. People who have been sick or disabled for a long time, they identify with sickness. They have a poor health image. And, and it's gotten on the inside of them. The, the, the illness is not just in their body. It's also gotten into their mind and their spirit. And, and in situations like that, it, it's difficult for people to receive healing. They're going to have to change what they see, how they see themselves on the inside in order to receive healing. Uh, they, they can't identify with the sickness because healing begins on the inside not on the outside they have to start seeing themselves through the word in good health and being able to do things physically that they have not been able to do before people who struggle financially they have to start seeing themselves through the word of god and being able to go out and pay cash for things So coming out of lack also begins on the inside. It doesn't start in your bank account. It starts in here, and it starts up here. So we have to start seeing ourselves with what we desire. We have to start seeing ourselves in the house or the car or the job or the new body that we desire. Uh, Let's continue here in verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one, your servant, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. God is saying, Stop seeing your servant as your heir. You got to stop that. You got to quit seeing your servant as your heir. As long as Abraham saw himself childless, God could not get one to him. Yes. Verse 5. How true. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, "Look now. See. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them." And he said to him, "So shall your descendants be. Now he said, look at the stars and number them. One of the meanings uh, of the words, one of the Hebrew meanings of the word see or think about means to count or observe. To count or observe. And he's saying look at the stars and number them, count them. It means to perceive, to gaze, to look, To consider, to view. So God said to Abraham, Stop looking at your servant and start looking at the stars. Turn off the TV, go outside, and start looking at the stars and quit looking at your servant as being your heir. So God is helping Abram to begin to visualize and picture himself having millions of children. He doesn't even have one yet, he's gotta start with one, but he's saying, picture your children, your descendants like the stars up there. He's building a new mentality, a new mindset on the inside of Abram. He's given him a new picture to consider that will change his mental environment. And it was all part of starting a new mentality. Abraham stopped looking at the age of his body and he started looking at the stars in the sky. And when Abraham and Sarah could see themselves uh, conceiving a child, they had one. They could conceive it. If If they could see themselves having one, then they could conceive it. Let's say this together. If I can see it, I can conceive it. I can conceive it. Amen. So this is why we have to go to the Word, make it final authority, because it tells us we already have it. Put yourself in remembrance of what the Word says. If you've had prophecies over you, get them out and read them. Go over them. Put yourself in remembrance of what God's spoken to you. We also have the written Word. Uh, Think about it. Imagine yourself being in that place, living in that place, doing something that you desire to accomplish, whatever it is. Amen. To imagine means to form a mental image or concept of. To form a mental image or concept of write this down. We won't turn there, but Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Passion Translation says, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. As he thinks within himself, so is he. This is exactly what happened to Abraham. And this is what happens to people who have chronic, long-term sickness and disabilities and people who have a poverty spirit. They, they, um, that's the way they see themselves on the inside. That's the way they think of themselves and they view themselves. And so they're just stuck right there. The word think in Hebrew means to devise, purpose, or imagine. To devise, purpose, or imagine. So for as he imagines in his heart, so is he. This word occurs 123 times in the Old Testament, and it implies any mental process involved in planning or conceiving. Please could you say that again? Mm-hmm. Uh, the word, Hebrew word think uh, implies any mental process involved in planning or conceiving. Joyce Meyer says it this way where the mind goes, the man follows. Where the mind goes, the man follows. What did you say about 123 times? Uh, that word occurs 123 times in the Old Testament. The word think uh, also means to exercise the mind, observe or consider. Okay, let's turn to Genesis 30. Genesis 30. This is a story about Jacob, and you've probably read this story a few times. But Jacob has been working for his father-in-law, Laban, for 14 years. And Laban was a heathen crook and liar who had cheated uh, Jacob all these years over his wages. He had promised him to pay him something and then he wouldn't. Or he he'd promised him to pay him a certain amount and he'd change it right at the last moment. He was always tricking him and always uh, getting, you know, getting the upper hand uh, and stealing from him, basically. So, after 14 years, Jacob wants to go back home. And Laban... Realizes that the reason he had, his business has been blessed and prosperous is because Jacob is working for him, and Jacob has the blessing of God on him. And uh, if Jacob leaves, Laban realizes, "Uh oh, you know, uh, I've been blessed because he's been associated with me. What's going to happen to me if he leaves? Because uh, the blessing of God's going to go with him." So Laban steps in to try to stop Jacob from leaving. And he says, okay, uh, don't leave. You just name your wages and I'll pay you. So Jacob said, don't pay me anything. Let's do a deal. So Jacob said to Laban, and the flocks of sheep and goats and all this, he said, you take all the speckled and streaked and spotted goats and sheep you keep those and you take them three days away so they're not anywhere near my sheep. I'm gonna keep all the solid sheep. And you take all the speckled and spotted sheep and we're gonna keep them separate. And when you come back in the future to uh, you know, give an accounting of my wages, my wages will be all the speckled and spotted sheep in my flock will be mine. And Laban's thinking, great, this guy is a total idiot. I've got all the spotted and speckled sheep. He's got all the solid sheep. And he's saying, all you have to pay me are spotted and speckled sheep that, that are in my flock. So Laban says, wow, this is a deal. So they do it. Now, let's pick up the story in verse 37. I'm reading out of the, King, the new King James The the King James is really hard to uh, read this story. It's really convoluted. So that's why I've tried to just give you a general background. But let's um, pick it up in 37. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips in them, and exposed the white which was in the rods. So he cut these branches or rods off the tree and he stripped the bark off of them in places so they weren't solid anymore. Now they've got streaks and, and spots and speckles in the bark. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So he peeled, he took all these branches, he stripped the bark off of them and places. So now they're not solid anymore. They've got streaks and speckles and spots in these branches. And he sets them up in front of the water trough where the sheep and the goats are gonna come drink. So when the flocks came to drink from the trough, what did they see? They saw spots, and speckles and streaks and that's the offspring that they produced. They produced what they were looking at. They're in there, in there, when they came to water, which is when they mated, they produced offspring that were speckled, spotted and streaked because that's what Jacob wanted to look them to look at when they came to water. The solid-colored sheep produced speckled, spotted, and streaked offspring. That's what they visualized. That's what they pictured when they came to the watering trough. That's what they conceived and produced. Jacob not only produced spotted, speckled, and streaked. Animals. He also produced the strongest and the best quality. So when the strongest animals came to the watering trough, he put the speckled branches in front of them. When all the weak animals came to the watering trough, he took all the branches away. So only the strongest were produced, spotted, and speckled. The weak ones, did not, because he took all the rods away. So they, just, the weak ones never saw that. Now, Jacob, uh, Laban's sons realize now that Jacob's come out on top. Now he's got more spockles and sp- spotted sheep than Laban. So now Laban's going to have to pay up. And Jacob's, uh, Laban's sons... Now, for once, they see Jacob has tricked them. And they say in Genesis 31:9, his sons are talking to Laban. So God has taken, uh, talking to Jacob, so God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Jacob's talking to the sons. Uh, God's taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Verse 12, and he said, Lift your eyes now and see. All the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. So, of course, the favor and blessing of God was on Jacob. And God recompensed him for all the years that Laban had cheated him. But do you see the principle here? The bottom line is, the flocks produced what was before their eyes, what they could see and visualize. And God blessed the production of the sheep that Jacob had to have in order to prosper. Let's say this together. If I can see it, I can, see it I can have it. I can have it. Uh, let's turn to over to Joshua. Quickly. But see it in a different sense isn't it? It's not so physical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See it in here and yeah. yeah. Joshua 1 get over there 8, we're all familiar with this scripture. Yeah. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe or see to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The contemporary English version, the CEV says, day and night you must think about what it says. Think. Remember, think, imagine, perceive, ponder. If you obey it completely, you and Israel will be able to take this land. One of the Hebrew words for meditate, very similar. These words see, think, meditate, they're all very similar. means to imagine, to speak, or to revolve in the mind. Now we can all identify, we know what revolving in the mind is, don't we? We're all good at revolving in the mind when it comes to worrying or something that's uh, negative or something that's harmful or fearful. We're all experts at revolving those kind of things in our mind. Speaking the word is one method of seeing yourself, doing it and having it because the word paints an uh, uh, image on the inside of you. So take one scripture that applies to your situation Please. and begin to think about it and revolve it in your mind and begin to see yourself doing these things and having these things. It builds an inner image in you. Um, turn over to uh, chapter 6, Joshua 6. Jericho was the first city Israel conquered going into the promised land. And in verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none came out. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Not, I am going to give Jericho into your hand. Notice, it says, it's past tense. Is this verse 2? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. did I read verse 2? Yeah. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Past tense. Jericho, in, in other words, see it. I've given it to you, see it. See it in your hand. Let's say it again. If I can see it, I can, see it. I can have it. I can have it. Look, turn the page to chapter 8. Ai was the next city that they conquered on their way into the promised land. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Almost the exact same words he said to him about Jericho. He says, I have given, past tense, it into your hand. I've given it to you, see it. See it in your hand. Let's turn over to Hebrews 11. Back to Hebrews 11:1 where we started. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You could say the evidence of things not seen by others. Others don't see it, but you can see it. The evidence of things, you could say, not seen by others. We see it through the eye of faith. We picture it in our mind. Let's just stop for a minute and let's just close our eyes and just picture and imagine something you would like to have or you would like to do or accomplish something that you're believing for just begin to picture it in your mind and start seeing seeing yourself having it and doing it and and uh, just, just picture yourself you can see it can't you? you you can't see it with your physical eyes but you can see it in your spirit and you can see it in your mind you can picture it Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 7, Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, not yet seen by others, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Noah saw it. He saw what was coming. And he started preparing. How did he see it? In his spirit. In his mind's eye. Other people couldn't see it, but he saw it and he started building an ark when nobody had ever heard of rain. And they laughed him off the planet. So we have to see ourselves walking in it and doing it. Verse 19. Concluding, talking about Abraham, concluding uh, that God was able to raise him, Isaac, up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. If, If Abraham did sacrifice Isaac, if he actually went through with it, He saw God raising him from the dead if necessary. How did he see it? He saw it in his spirit. He saw it in his mind's eye. He saw it through the eye of faith. If this boy is going to be uh, the beginning of millions of my descendants, he cannot die. God will have to raise him from the dead. He, He saw it. He says he saw it in a figure. Sorry, which verse is it? 19. He received him back in a figure. In other words, he he saw God raising him from the dead, if necessary, back to life. If he actually did have to go through it. Because he had God's word and a blood-sworn oath that this boy is the beginning of millions of your descendants and there's no way he can die. God would have to raise him from the dead. He saw it in his spirit and in his mind. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches... Than the treasures in Egypt for he looked to the reward he looked to the reward this word looked means to look away from everything else in order to intently look at one object to look away from everything else in order to focus and look at one thing he looked for his reward and he quit looking at the treasures of Egypt that he was walking away from. Verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Remember 2 Corinthians four eighteen: for the things, uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. The uh, Good News Translation says, It was faith that made Moses leave Egypt without being afraid of the king's anger. As though he saw the invisible God, he refused to turn back. How do you see what is invisible? Through the eye of faith. In your mind's eye, God's word enables us to look through the eye of faith seeing it in the word seeing it in our mind's eye Moses looked away from the treasures and riches of Egypt which he could have had he looked away and he looked toward God he looked toward his reward he looked toward the Lord it says he saw the Lord and because he saw the Lord he he decided to follow God's plan for his life. But in order to see the Lord, he had to stop looking at the treasures, earthly treasures of Egypt that he was going to leave behind. So it says he saw the invisible God. He refused to turn back to Egypt. Let's, we're not going to turn there, but write this down. Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29:18 says Where there is no vision the people perish Where there is no vision the people perish This word vision in the Hebrew means a sight mentality A sight mentality. To gaze at mentally or perceive. To gaze at mentally or perceive. That's what this word vision means. Uh, The message translation says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Attend to, observe, focus on it, look at it, give attention to it. This word perish, when it says where there is no vision, the people perish. It means to go backward, to do without, or to go naked to go backward, to do without, or go naked. The Young's literal translation brings this out. It actually says, without a vision, is a people made naked. That's another way of saying, if you can't see it, you can't have it. (laughs) It's just another way of saying, if you can't see it, you can't have it. Something that will help you, something that I did, few years ago, I heard uh, Jerry Savelle's daughter, Terry, talking about, uh, she had put together this dream book, a book to kind of help you uh, start creating your, your dreams and things you're believing for. So I thought, well, I, she was selling them, and I thought, well, I think I could make my own, you know? So I sat down, and I started, make, I made my own, dream book. Um, And it's a good project to, you know, I recommend you do it. It's a good way to spend a few hours or days. But in here, I have pictures of things I want to do in the ministry. I have pictures of houses. I have pictures of inside of the rooms. I have a picture of a bedroom. I have a picture of a bathroom. I have a picture of a kitchen things that that i would like my house to look like and uh, the rooms you know a general idea not the exact house but the general architecture views outside when i look outside what do i want to see Uh, i've got uh, like i said i've got uh, prison ministry i've got prisoners behind bars i've got Various things to do. I just went on the internet and I looked up pictures of things I'm believing for, um, and I put them together. And I, I, you know, it's Habakkuk talks about writing down the vision, doesn't it? Yeah. And this is one. one scripture to it up. Yeah, I, I, sh- I, gu- I should have done that. I, I haven't done that really, but that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could go through and find scriptures, uh, but I put pictures in here of things that I believe in four I'd like to do. And gets, when I pick this up again, look what's on the back, a Jeep. <laughs> wow. so, so, And it's the exact picture? model of my Jeep except yeah. this one's yellow and mine's blue. Yeah. And I put this together a few years before I ever had that Jeep. And Bob had a picture of the Jeep on her fridge. As long as I've known them. Yeah. yeah. So, find pictures, put them on the refrigerator. Scriptures, something, put them on your mirror. Something that will help you begin to visualize these things and start seeing yourself having them. And, and then you can begin to take steps toward it. So, I would suggest it would be a good project. It's a fun way to spend a few hours. Maybe do it as a family or whatever, however, you want to do it. But just go on the internet or magazines. You see a magazine that's got a house or something you like, cut it out, stick it on the refrigerator or something, and start being able to visualize yourself having these things. This is what we meditate on and think about. See ourselves having it. Amen. Through the eye of faith. Amen. Praise God.